All right, well, once again, good morning. It's great to have you here. We are just beginning a series. It's going to take us all the way till about the Christmas season, so it's going to take us a while to go through it. But we're in a series that we're calling Getting Healthier. There it is. And we added the er part a couple weeks ago. First of all, we just started calling this thing Getting Healthy. But then we realized we need to call it Getting Healthier because, and here it is, remember this one? We are people of the, not people of the, which just simply means God isn't calling us to be the, the best. He's not calling us to be the richest. We don't have to be the healthiest. We don't have to be the prettiest. We're calling, he's calling us to be better, not bestest. Okay? It just means that each one of us can make a little progress as our Father leads us and the Holy Spirit directs us to become a little bit healthier in all these different areas that we're talking about. And here's the five areas that we're talking about over the next several weeks. We've been for a couple weeks now in physical health, and then financial health starts next week. We're going to go into emotional health, relational health, and finally spiritual health. And you may say, why did we start with physical health and not say spiritual health? Well, let me tell you why. Because the physical health and how you're feeling physically is going to affect all the rest of them. Like your financial health? Oh, yeah. I told you a couple weeks ago about Chelsea having to go to the emergency room during the, uh, our vacation in Florida, and um, fortunately we have insurance, and they gave us a bill when it was all done of $2,500 for uh, just a little visit there, and all they did was give her you know, some fluids, and our part of that was $500. And I thought, well, that's, you know, that hurts. That wasn't the final bill. Got the final bill this week. $10,500. Our part is $2,000 for a bag of water. Now, don't worry. We're going to have to do a GoFundMe for the pastor. We're fine. The father, our father's already pr- provided the resources that we need. We'll just have a little bit less in savings. It's okay. But do you understand how your physical health really does hit financial? And some of you are going, 2000 Some of you are going, that's nothing. I owe 10 times that much. I owe, I owe, more, I owe three Maybe some of the people in this church, because of all their, their, their issues, owe sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars. People getting ready to lose their homes because of physical problems. Yeah, it does affect us. As it affects our emotional health. Because how we're feeling really affects our emotion. I'm eating a very interesting way these days. Now I pretty much watch what I eat, and then one day a week I don't really worry about it. I, you know, I always have a celebration. I learned this when we were doing Lent. Lent, you know, it was on Sundays, whatever you were giving up on Sundays, you, you know, you celebrate. And so I thought, you know, I can do that. So that's what I've been doing since then. And it's worked very well for me. So I watch what I eat. And one day a week, I eat what I want. And the morning I wake up after that, I feel terrible. <laughs> I mean, I just feel terrible. I have a sugar hangover. It's just, and I, oh, it's just, it affects, and then of course, it affects our relationships. So that's why we started with the physical. It, it touches all of these. We'll be done with that today and we'll move on to the financial health next week. All right? Last week, we took, we took a look at this very important in all of our Christian walk. It's called the Serenity Prayer. You've seen it many times. It goes this way. Read it with me. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. It was written by a man named Reinhold Niebuhr about 65 years ago. This is an incredible prayer because really kind of illustrates why we get into trouble as we try so hard to um, change things that just can't be changed. We don't want to accept them. We don't understand what can be changed, what can't be changed. So we talked about that a little bit last week because one of the keys of, of happiness is knowing the difference between 
what you can and cannot change and accepting the things that you cannot change. Last week, when it comes to our physical health, we looked at two things that you cannot change. They're going to happen. It's beyond your control. Do you remember what they were? So we say, God, grant me the serenity to accept, first of all, my age. I'm going to get older. All right, guys, that's just the way it is. And as I get older, my health will not be... Do you remember what I told you last week? What's the age where your health starts to go downhill? What is the age where suddenly your lungs, this is the first thing that goes, your lungs no longer expand as much as they used to, and you can't take in quite as much breath? What age is that? 20. Yes, exactly. I know. (laughs) At age 20, there it is. And from that point on, there's going to be some changes. And you know what? There's nothing you can do about some of those. I told you last week, I don't have it on the board, but remember that if you live long enough, you will eventually die from living long enough. That's the way it is. Okay, eventually our health just breaks down and there's nothing that you can do about it. All right, now, by the way, there was one exception. Do you remember the exception in the Bible? Anybody? This is a man who who lived and the Bible specifically tells us that he really didn't get much older as far as his health. Moses. So those of you who are already bored, you can take, you know, pull out your device or whatever and look for it. And Moses, it tells us that he died when he was 120 years old, but his eye was not dimmed. His health had not gone downhill. God kept him very healthy up to the age 120. And then he took him up to the mountain and he showed him the promised land that he wasn't going to let him go in because of other things that he had done. So Moses is that, that one individual who was physically healthy right up until the time God said, okay, you're dead. And over he goes. God buried him. We have no idea where... But Moses, however, looking around here, there are no Moseses in this room, all right? We're going to get older, and when we get older, our health will deteriorate. The other thing that we cannot do anything about, do you remember? Genetics, okay? In other words, we're born with a package. Sometimes that genetic causes unhealth. If you have these particular genes, you will have this disease, or you'll have that unhealth. There is nothing you can do about it. That's the way it is, Okay? Some cancer, some diabetes, some other things are like that. But then other of us have a, have a kind of what we call a genetic tendency. Do you remember that? In other words, we're born with genes and we tend to be unhealthy in an area. And that's when we say things like, well, it runs in my family. Uh, high blood pressure may run in the family. You may not have it, but it runs in the family. Stroke runs in my family. Heart disease does not run in my family. Those aren't in my genes. But w- my family does have the tendency to stroke. You might have the tendency to obesity. We're realizing then that it is a very genetic tendency. All right? Now, you can't change that. That's the genes that came. It doesn't mean you're going to get it, but it means you might have that tendency. Okay, so here's what we remember right here. While I can't change them, I can control my reaction. Okay, here's what we're saying. God, grant me the serenity to accept the fact I am going to get older. My health will change. I do come with a package called genes. That's the way it is. But I choose how I react those. I don't have to let them define me. I don't have to let them break me. I don't have to be depressed about them. Father, these are things that are just part of who I am. Remember this passage right here? What a marvelous love the Father has extended to us. Just look at it. We're called children of God. That's who we really are. But that's also why the world doesn't recognize us or take us seriously because it has no idea who he is or, or what he's up to. But friends, that's exactly who we are. Children of God. Remember, We're not old children of God. We're not broken children of God. We are children of God who will live in an older body or in a broken body. 
And that's only the beginning, he says. Who knows how we'll end up. Then I didn't read this part for you. Take a look at this. What we know is that when Christ openly revealed, we'll see him. And in seeing him, we'll become like him. All of us who look forward to his coming stay ready with the glistening purity of Jesus' life as a model for our own. In other words, we look around and we say, okay, the body is getting older, my skin is sagging, there's nothing I can do about it. I've been trying. It just sags in places that it didn't used to sag. That's it. I suppose I could go and get it tucked in, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to spend that money. Okay, it just happens, guys. One day, when this body finally says, that's it, you're so unhealthy, this body is so unhealthy, you need to leave it. That's what will happen one day. My body will be so unhealthy that I'll have to leave it. And then, when Jesus is revealed in my life, I get that brand new body that won't sag and won't have all those issues. It's coming. See, I'm not defined by this thing. I'm defined by the love of God, the love that God has for me in Jesus Christ. I am not an old person. I am a person loved and accepted by God who happens to be living in an older body. I am not a diabetic I'm a person who is loved and accepted by God who happens to be living in a diabetic body. You can do the same thing with diseases like that. You can do the same thing with some cancers. And see, that's, that's not who I am. I am a person who is loved and accepted by my Father. Unfortunately, the body that I'm living in is unhealthy because of these things. But that's not me. That's the body. And one day, I'm going to get a new one. All right, so those are the things we can't do anything about. Now, the next thing that we pray, according to that serenity prayer, do you remember? Here it is. God, grant me to cur- to the courage to change the things. Now, here it is. God, grant me courage to change. What do you think you actually can change? These are absolutely in our control when it comes to our health. Ready? Here it is. Diet. And activities, and these are in your control. Now, I'm going to give some of you grace. Perhaps some of you this week, somebody did put a gun to your head and force you to eat a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts. That could have happened. And it's possible that some of you sat in your easy chair and somebody roped you in and taped you in that chair and made you watch television for six hours straight. It's possible. Now, for the rest of us who are not liars... Everything we ate, we chose to eat, and our activity level was something we chose. We either were active or we weren't, and that was completely up to us. Isn't that interesting? See, this one, I can't change. That's why the prayer says, God, grant me courage, because it's going to take some courage to change some of these things that we can change that will affect. Now, again, remember, we're not looking to be the healthiest. We're talking about being healthy-er. So we don't have to, and in fact, we'll talk about that. If, if you make this promise that you're going to change everything overnight, it's not going to happen, so don't worry about it. But we can change some things. We're going to start with just this whole little thing about activity because it's small, and, and we'll talk about diet a little bit more. You know, the Bible really doesn't say much about increasing our activity. There's a couple of passages. Take a look at, at this verse right here. For physical training is of some value. It is. It's of some value. But it goes on to say, but godliness has value for all things. In other words, this scripture says, you know, there is value in physical training, but really not nearly as much as spiritual training. That's why as we go along in this whole series and we finally wind up with spiritual, getting spiritually healthy, the first couple of weeks in November, that'll be very important because that's what God really is going to focus in on. But it does say that physical activity and physical training has some value. And 
Another reason why Scripture doesn't really deal with this one is, quite frankly, it wasn't a problem up until recently. Okay, it's only been the last, what, 50, 60, 70 years that more and more of us make our living just kind of sitting down. Prior to that, people worked hard. 12 hours a day, six and sometimes seven days a week. The problem wasn't getting enough physical activity. The problem was getting enough rest. But our whole society has changed over the last 75 years or so. When the Industrial Revolution came in a little over 100 years ago and then suddenly things changed within our workplace and the next thing you know, we don't get much physical activity. Getting up and walking to the car and getting up and walking to the refrigerator and that's our activity level. And that affects our health. So I'm going to give you a little partial list here just of some things that, that we can do. Now at the health fair, we're going to have a far, far more extensive list. We'll even have somebody come in and show you. I'm, I'm calling it exercises for the couch potato. Exercises you can actually do when you're sitting down. You can do some things like that. They're going to come in and show us those things. It'll be fun. But here's just a little partial list of some things that we can do that uh, people can do to kind of uh, uh, help them out. A partial list of the best activities for most people. How about this? Just walking. Swimming. I read this. I, I brought this to you. I've never done it. Tai Chi. Anybody ever done that? It's, oh, you've done that. How was that? Was, is it a lot of fun? And it, it helps with the, with being, with the balance. I don't, I'm not going to ask you to come up and demonstrate, but uh, all right, we'll talk later, all right? Anyway, tai, tai Chi is that where they, you have the slow motions and you balance, and it's about stretching, and they say it's an incredibly wonderful exercise. And uh, the same thing with strength training. Strength training doesn't mean you have to go and work out. You can, you can pick up a five-pound bag of sugar, and you walk around, and you, that's strength training. Now, you know what? Of all of those, what's the simplest? You go for a walk. What a, what a great thing to be able to, you know what, I'll just go for a walk every now and then. Just go for And you don't have to do the power walk, okay? If you want to, that's great. Anything that you're doing here, I would strongly suggest, go see your doctor first. Make sure your heart can handle all of this. But just go for a walk. It's just getting more. We can choose to do that. And we'll give you more information at the health fair. The thing that really is going to affect us is the second one that was completely within our control. And what is that second one that's completely within our control? That is our diet. Let me, uh, let's just talk a little bit about the diet, okay? When we talk about diet, you think a diet. I've gone on a diet. We're not talking about a diet. There is a difference between going on a diet and diet. Diet is the way you normally eat. You all have a diet. The way that you like to eat. The food you like to eat. When you like to eat them is called your diet. That's the diet. Now, every now and then you change that for a short period of time, and we call that going on a diet. But usually it's for a short period of time, and then we go back to our diet, and it is our diet, the way we normally eat, and our activity level, those are the two things that go together to really change our health, or that really affect our health. I'm going to give you right now a partial list of diets, and I mean ways that you can eat, here you go. Ready? Oh, my word. This was an interesting one to research. You could go low-fat. You could go low-carb. You could go Mediterranean. You could go paleo. You could go vegetarian. You can go vegan. 
You can go um, gluten-free. There's a good one. Dairy-free. Or there's another one called the Daniel Plan. All of these are diets, a way of eating. Low-fat, obviously, you're not going to eat all the high-fat stuff. There's going to be lean meats and vegetables. Low-carb is exact. You could actually call low-carb high-fat, but it just sounds better low-carb. than I'm on a high-fat, but that's what it is. It's made famous by the Dr. Atkins diet, and you eat it you know, when I was on that, because I've been on all of them, by the way. Uh, eating bacon and eggs and cheese and, and, and oh, it's just incredible all the stuff that you're eating. It's amazing. That's the low carb because you just don't eat a lot of fruits and vegetables. Hmm? Mediterranean is the one where you're eating more of the, the fish and poultry and a lot of olive oil and olives. Paleo is interesting. Anybody ever try the paleo? You know what paleo is? Okay, paleo means that you, you, you eat the way that our hunter-gatherer forefathers, before they were ranchers and farmers, they were hunter-gatherers, and they ate a certain way, which means you would eat a lot of meat and some vegetables, but you would not eat grains and you would not eat dairy because that takes a rancher and a farmer. So basically, you look at whatever you're going to eat and say, would, would, uh, you know, would a wandering nomad eat this and find this? And if so, I'll eat it. If not, you don't eat it. That's paleo. Uh, vegetarian, obviously, vegetarian, you stay away from all meats, but you generally still have things like dairy and milk and cheese and things of that nature. Now, vegan, if you're a vegan, boy, you're hardcore. Vegan says, I will not eat anything that comes from an animal. Only vegetables, fruits. That means not just no butter, no, but no honey. If it comes from an animal, I won't eat it. That's vegan. Gluten-free. Any of you gluten-free? Okay. See, some people are gluten-free because they have to be. They find out that they have, what I think it's what, celiac disease? In other words, their body reacts to the gluten that's in wheat. And so they stay away from that and, uh, it, because if they don't, it makes them sick. I talked with an individual a couple years ago, uh, just not too far from here, who was telling me that he'd gone gluten-free. He'd been one of these sickly people all his whole life with one disease after another. And, and so he decided to go gluten-free within 30 days and this was, he'd been doing this for a year or two. Within 30 days, he com- all of his diseases went away. He felt fantastic. He was a, a born-again evangelical Christian, and he was more evangelical about gluten-free than he was about Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> it just changed his whole life. Okay, gluten-free. Dairy-free, obviously, some people just can't deal with dairy. The Daniel Plan's an interesting one. Now, by the way, we're going to give you more information about these at our health fair that's coming up. I'll have little sheets that'll describe each one of those. The Daniel Plan is one that was created by uh, Saddleback Church. Uh, Their whole church has gone on it a couple years ago, and it's based on the book of Daniel. When Daniel, who was brought into the king's um, household and was told to eat all the rich food that all of his, you know, people eat, Daniel said, yeah, I don't want to do that. It makes me feel bad. And they said, well, you have to do that, otherwise the king will be bad because you won't look good and you'll look bad and you'll maybe die because you're not eating the good food. And Daniel said, look, tell you what, let's make a deal. Just bring me vegetables and water for a couple of weeks, okay? Me and my friends. And then look at us and tell us what you think. And after a couple of weeks of eating vegetables and meat, I mean vegetables and, and water, they came and, and it said their countless, they looked better. They were healthier rather than eating all of the rich food from the king's table. And so from that, the uh, Saddleback Church developed what's called the Daniel Plan. You can get online and double check all of that stuff. It's kind of interesting. Um, not a bad way to eat. They do add some meats. I mean, they're not completely vegetarian, but that's why it's called the Daniel Plan. Now, there's other ways that you can eat. Uh, For instance, as you're eating, you you could just do this. You could count your calories, and we'll show you some websites that'll help you do that. You can count points if you're in, like, Weight Watchers. You You can count carbs. All this is a way of eating. This can change your diet. 
Oh, but there's also a couple of um, cute little sayings that might kind of judge what you're going to eat and what you don't eat. I talked with Annette last week after, because uh, she's our resident physician's assistant, and she came and she gave me a list of what she gives to her patients about what you should be eating and not. And mainly what she said is you stay away from, from mostly the processed foods, the, the white food, because sugar and flour, I don't know if you've ever seen them on your, your bread, something called enriched flour, you know what that means? Okay, when they were processing your flour in that particular bread, they beat the snot out of it. By the time they were done processing it, there was nothing left except a white paste. There are no nutrients involved in that. So they have to put the nutrients back in, and they call it enriched flour. Okay, it just means that you've got flour that's so processed that there were no nutrients left in it. And it happens to be mostly like white sugars, white flour. So I came up with this one. Lynette, this is the title of our new cookbook right here. Ready? If the food is white, it probably ain't right. We'll write the uh, cookbook and uh, share the royalties. How that, okay? Interesting. The Daniel plan has a completely different, because uh, they want you to eat a little bit more of, you know, stay away from the processed food. So this is what they say right here. If it's made, in, if it comes from a plant, eat it. If it's made in a plant, don't. That's simple. Just a desire to get back to more natural eating. Okay. All right. Could be. Could be. I don't know. Oh, there's another method right here. This one I saw. This is called the divided plate method. Now look, so you divide your plate. You got a plate and you divide it with about half vegetables and maybe quarter protein and a quarter starch right there. So here it is. This is called the divided plate method of eating. Half vegetables, quarter starch, quarter, I don't know. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not here to give you advice on how you should be eating or you shouldn't eat. Because you know what? For most of it, I don't really think it matters. I've been on all those things. I like them. Is there anyone that works better for me? Eh, not really. I don't have any allergies for dairy and gluten and that sort of thing, so it doesn't really matter. I've done the low fat and I've done the high fat and I've done all those kinds of things. I'm not certain that God really cares because if he did, where would I find it? In his word. When in fact what I see within the word is Jesus declared all foods clean. Did you know that? Because they were kind of complaining about the fact that, you know, some of his disciples were not eating what we might call kosher. And Jesus comes back to them and says, look, don't you understand? Food just comes in your mouth, goes to your stomach, and then it's eliminated. That's all it does. It just affects your body. And then it says, thus he declared all foods clean. Don't ever, ever, ever be afraid of food. Because if you're fearful, it's probably already got you. Now there are some things that some of us need to stay away from because of our genetics. Sugar, if your genetics has led to diabetes. Gluten, if your genetics has made you unable to digested same thing with dairy but for the most part you know what there isn't one as far as a way it's just choose a diet and live that way so let's take the rest of this time now after we've done all this because i'm not a dietitian we'll give you more information about our health there what can we really do i need the courage to change things and this is what i can 
do. Ready? I can, number one, right here, focus on my health and not my weight. Okay? Read this with me. Focus on my health and not my weight. Okay? This is really important. We're not going to focus on our weight. It isn't about looking better. It's about getting healthier. That's what's important to us. The scripture says this, food is for the stomach and the stomach for food, but God will destroy them both. In other words, it's just food, people. It isn't about your weight. There are some people who are thin and they look great, but they're not healthy. Remember I told you last week about Jim Fitz, the father of modern running? Remember the pictures of him? Man, he looked great. He looked fantastic. What he didn't realize is how unhealthy he really was. His heart was super enlarged. His arteries were clogged. In the middle of a run, he dropped down dead. And yet his weight would say, and his body fat, his BMI, said, you know, this guy is in good shape. And he wasn't at all. And sometimes you can be overweight and still be in pretty good health. Because it's about your health. I uh, work out about four days a week at, at a gym. I get the, the privilege of doing that. I listen to sermons during the whole time. So you listen to one sermon a week. I listen to at least four, sometimes five or six, from other pastors and preachers. And while I'm listening to these sermons, I'm down at the, the Croc Center and, and working out on some weight machines and, and um, some cardiovascular stuff, some things like that. And what I always love, I love, because I'm 61 years old, it, it brings me such carnal pleasure to be able to work out on a machine, get up and move and watch some younger guy who's 30 years younger sit down at that same machine and have to move the weight because they can't lift the weight that I was lifting. Yeah, you wimp. You <laughs> 30-year-old punk kid, yeah. <laughs> sit down at that, that exercise bike and, and work on a certain level and, and look over at some younger guy and he's got to bring the level down and he's sweating and he can't. Yeah, you wimp. It's all right. The Lord will forgive me for all of those thoughts. I'm in decent health. Decent, but I'm definitely overweight. There's no doubt about that. I just want to get a little healthier. So I still work on trying to get my weight down because if I don't, if I don't work on getting my weight, if I don't really try to, to watch all this stuff, if I just eat, if I indulge in the diet that I like to do, I will weigh 255 pounds. And I know that because I've done it. When I eat the way I want to eat, my blood pressure is high and I weigh 255 pounds. So I have to watch my diet to bring my blood pressure down and my weight as well. But I'm not doing it to be svelte. No one has called me svelte in many a moon. When I was a senior in high school and I wasn't fat, I weighed 195 pounds then. I've always been kind of a big guy. I will never be svelte. I'm not even trying. I just want to be healthy. So I can. I can focus on my health, not my weight. Go see a doctor before you do anything. Find out how healthy you are. I can also do it for the right reasons. This is something that I can do. This is within my control, okay? I can do it for the right reasons. This is what the Bible says. You were bought with a price, therefore honor God with your body. Now, this is going all the way back to where we were two weeks ago. Two weeks ago when we started this, when, when we changed it from getting healthy to getting healthier, we talked about the reasons that we wanted to do this, making sure our motivation was correct. But I want to remind you, okay, hopefully those sermons will be online here real soon. We're kind of having trouble finding them, but they're hopefully somewhere out there and we'll get them on the, on the website. Here it is. 
because my body's not my own. I'm not trying to be so gorgeous that I can go down some runway at a, you know, because I'll never do that ever in my whole life. It doesn't work like that. But my body is not my body. It belongs to Jesus Christ. When I gave Jesus Christ my life, I didn't give him while I held things back. I didn't give him my soul, but I'm going to hold it. I'm trying to give him everything, including my body. And since it now belongs to him, I need to do a little bit better job of taking care of it. Because I can better serve him. Because if my health is a little bit better and I have more energy and more time, then I can do things for him that obviously if I'm unhealthy and I just don't have the energy or the time because of my health to serve him. And because I will be happier. And Jesus Christ is concerned about your happiness. Remember those Beatitudes? Everyone started blessed and that what really means is happy. I wish we had that song back there. Uh, that would have been wonderful, Jer- Jeremy. Jeremy came to me afterwards and said, you know what we should do at the end of the Ever heard the song? Because I'm happy. Those of you, you know that song? Yeah. Jesus Christ says, I want you to be happy. I want you to be happy. And when we're healthier, we're a little happier. Okay, so I can do it for the right reasons. But how about this? Here's something else I can do. I can do this. I can learn the connection between health and my diet activity. There is no excuse any longer for any of us to be ignorant. It could have been 10, 20, 30 years ago that you had to go to school, you had to be a dietitian. Today, all of this information is right there on the internet. You can say, okay, tell me about the connection between refined sugars and my health. Tell me about the connection between these things. This is what the Bible says. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. It is amazing to think about. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. Now, they had no idea back then exactly how marvelous we are. You can get on the internet right now and begin to study all these connections, particularly these connections right here. Why is it that your doctor tells you to limit the amount of salt or simple carbohydrates? What's the importance of fiber in your diet? It's important. Do you know why? There's no excuse not to know why. All of this stuff is on the internet like that. Proteins, carbohydrates, and fats, what they do to your body, the good ones, the bad ones. You know the simple carbohydrates right there? What's interesting about those? Those are the uh, the carbohydrates. Carbohydrates would be vegetables, but it would also be sugar. It's all carbohydrates. Simple carbohydrates are ones that your body breaks down really quickly. And because it breaks down really quickly, it tends to raise your, your sugar level within your blood because it's so quick. And if you eat a lot of simple carbohydrates, candy bars, things like that, you get that sugar rush. But if you get that sugar rush, guess what happens? What goes up? must come down. Some people, just by eliminating simple carbohydrates, have changed their health. Steve Wendell, did you just get rid of simple carbohydrates not too long ago? Anything that was white, stuff like that? How long ago did you do that? Two months? You just got rid of what? White flour, white sugar. Those are simple carbohydrates. What happened? Sugary stuff, okay. How are you feeling? Okay. Lose a little weight? Mm-hmm. Good. Lost 20 pounds. Don't you just love people who can say, oh, I just lost 20 pounds. Come on. <laughs> Don't hate him because he's beautiful. Here it is. 
It's just, so you can know this stuff. The science of weight loss. How many of you have ever uh, lost weight and then when you put it back on, you, you tend to put on a little bit more than you lost? There's a reason, there's a scientific reason that that is true. And then when you tried to lose it again, it was harder? There is a scientific reason why that is absolutely true. It is not in your head. There's a reason. We can learn this stuff. We'll give you some information at the health fair. I don't want to go into it in a sermon. But you can also find this stuff online. We can learn. And we can all do this. Ready? Here it is. We can use wisdom to set achievable goals and action steps. Okay? Which just simply means that we can, we have the ability, we have the choice, we can, with the help of God, and we'll get that in just a moment, say, you know, I can make a difference. I can choose a different diet. I can choose a little more activity. And I can do it in a reasonable, achievable way. Okay? This is what Scripture says. Careful planning puts you ahead in the long run. Hurry and scurry puts you farther behind. You know what this means? No more ridiculous promises. No more, I promise I will get up at 5 o'clock every morning and run three miles. No, you won't. Come on. If you haven't been doing it, come on. I will never eat sugar for the rest of my life. No, come on. That's the kind of promise that you make that it's just bound to be broken. But you know what I can do? I can make wise, simple, small steps because this is what I want. I want this to be, ready, for the rest of my life. I don't want to go from diet to diet to diet to diet if I have to. I would prefer to find a way that's going to eat, make some small steps, and do them for the rest of my life. And here's why. A temporary change in my diet or activity will lead to what? A temporary change in my health. And all of us know that. All of us who struggle with our weight our whole lives and have been on every single diet, every time we make a temporary change, we will lose the weight, and when we go back to the way we were eating, what happens? It all, it's, so the change, the temporary change in diet and activity just led to a temporary change in my health, which means if I want a permanent change in my health, I have to make what kind of change in my diet and activity? Permanent. And with God's help, I can make the small, achievable change and set that small achievable goal to positively affect my health and one final thing that I can do I can trust Jesus to help me reach I can trust Jesus to help me each and every day I told you two weeks ago you can't afford a personal trainer sure you can you do have a personal trainer his name is Jesus he is with each one of us when we're willing to say, you know, I want to be a little healthier for you, Lord. I want to be a little, I'm not talking about, you know, being one of the beautiful people in the world. I'm not talking about being the healthiest. I'm not even talking about getting back to the weight I was in high school. I'm just talking about being a little healthier for you, Lord, and I need your help to do it. And Jesus would say, I'll be right there 
with you. Let's set that achievable goal. Let's not, you know, make promises you can't fulfill. Let's learn about this stuff and let Jesus be your personal trainer because this is what the Word of God says. Put God in charge of your work. Then what you've planned will take place. So here's where we're going to end it. This is the last time we're talking about physical health in this. Next week we start talking about getting healthy financially. Scripture has a lot to say about what it means to become healthy financially. Then we're going to take and have our first health fair and our financial fair. We'll have some financial advisors there that can give you a little help as well because we all need that help. But we're going to leave it just right here. I don't calling, I'm not trying to be the healthiest I can possibly be. Maybe one day that will happen in my life, but that's not my goal. My goal is to be healthier. I'm going to make a little change. See, I started this one planning for this series several months ago when I started to make a little change. And that little change was eating a little differently in the middle of the week, not worrying about it one day a week. Works for me. May not work for you, I don't know. Works for me. And I try to stay away from some of the, the really salty stuff because I know what that does except occasionally, particularly in the day when I don't care what I'm going to eat. I don't eat salt. No. Make a little change. A little change in my activity level. My blood pressure's come down a little bit. Getting a little healthier. And now my father and I are saying, okay, what's the next thing to be a little healthier? What can you do? Because that's what my father's looking for. Just a simple step. And it could be as simple this week. Going for a short walk and coming back. But don't do it because people will give you great praise. Don't do it because eventually you'll be so thin that people will go, oh my, you look fabulous. Do it because Jesus, this is your body. I just want to do a little bit better. Just a little bit better for you. Father, thank you. Hopefully, we've, we've dealt with this for a couple of weeks, and, and the one thing I didn't want to do was, was throw any guilt on people because, Father, you love each and every one of us. This, the guilt and the shame that, that comes from, from being body shamed and these things, Father, that's not from you ever. Father, you love each and every one of us as we are you do ask us to be a little healthy in all these areas as we're looking at it. Father, some things we can't do anything about. But there are some things we can. So Father, give us wisdom to know what we can and can't do. And in Jesus Christ, give us the courage and the strength to make those changes. And it's in your name and for your sake that we pray. Amen. We have a song we're going to play in just a moment as we get ready for sailing. If those are going to help me with sailing, if you come forward.